When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Auburn comes up short 27-20 versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's talk about it on this episode of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, Auburn family? What is up, Up Tempo gang? Hope everybody's enjoying their weekend, man. I'm your host, Justin Smith, joined as always by Blake Lane. Blake, our Auburn Tigers put up a fight, man. Ultimately came up short, uh, 27 to 20. But I'm proud of the boys. How about you, man? Uh, yeah, Dustin, I'm I'm damn proud of them, man. I can't sit here and be mad. Um, you know, it 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 didn't go the way that we expected it to, right? Yeah. You know? Um, I, I feel like this defense showed up with a chip on their shoulder, uh, and and they you know created a turnover early and and Simp coming up with a big pick there, uh, and and we get out front ten to nothing and and we're feeling good about ourselves and there's some momentum in Jordan Hare Stadium. It was rocking. That was great to see with the 200 uh, recruits in the building and everything. Like the atmosphere was electric. Uh, Cam Newton back in the building. You know, you had a lot of former players, a lot of former legends back there. Uh, all of that was fun to see, man. But at the end of the day, one thing I want this fan base to realize is uh, we just we don't we don't have the Jimmies and the Joes yet, Dustin. And the later the game went on, you could see that starting to pan out. Uh, we just we're behind a couple guys. All right, talent. Is a big thing in college football, all right? And I'll tell you this. If you think I'm lying, go back last year in the national championship game between Georgia and TCU. And if you don't think talent has a big part in college football when five stars play against three stars, go watch that film, okay? And at the end of the day, we're just missing a couple guys, man. And that is where recruiting, when Hugh Freeze talks about recruiting, that is exactly what he means, all right? So when I sit here and and, and I say, hey, 
you know, everybody's wanting him to get into the game plan more and call plays and all this. And he's sitting here saying, hey, I'm just recruiting right now. I'm recruiting. I took a day off recruiting to get into a game plan. And that fourth quarter showed why he's recruiting the way he is. Because at the end of the day, we're just a couple of guys away, a couple of of five stars, uh, highly touted four stars away, man. And uh, you could see that late in the game. But I'm damn proud of him, man. Hey, Peyton Thorne, he made some plays with his legs. Uh, I thought he made some really nice throws that should have been caught. And and that would have given us, you know, a little better opportunity to come away with, with away with this win, but ultimately at the end of this day, uh, I, I can't I can't be mad at these kids, man. The way they responded from A and M uh, to Georgia and and welcoming the number one team in the land, back to back national champions into your house. Uh, I'm excited for the future and where this program is headed, and it showed me the progression from week to week and what the staff is doing. Uh, to have a game like A&M and then come in and have a game like Georgia. And all eyes were on you. All eyes were on you. Everybody, man, I had Alabama friends text me and saying, hey, man, you got to be excited. Like, you got to be. Like, where you guys are headed, I mean, you're on a fast track. And he's showing you right now, hey, I'm going to turn this thing around. Um, I just think – like I say, man, patience is a virtue. We got to be patient. And I know yesterday stung 27 to 20 because you felt like you should have won the football game and it hurt. But we still got to remain patient because I look at this schedule and I say, hey, there's games that we can win. I watched Mississippi State. I watched Ole Miss and LSU last night. We can win those games, man. We can win those games. All right. Arkansas, we can win that game. There's still hope for the season to get to a solid bowl game and have a lot of success this year. So don't give up on that. That is what we ultimately want to see, man. Get us to that seven to eight win mark. Yeah. You said it earlier in the week. You said stars matter. And that fourth quarter showed it. And uh, shout out to the O-line because I was kind of hard on them during the week. Yeah. But, you know, the guy stepped up, man, and we'll ultimately get into just the way the game played out. But uh, our buddy Blaine Crane uh, said, uh, listen, get us now. You better get Hugh Freeze right now while he doesn't have the guys. Yep. Because the when you compare the way that Georgia has recruited up front on both sides of the ball in the trenches yep. to the way that we have recruited up front in the last, I'll just say, three seasons, mm-hmm. for us to lose this game by a touchdown, think back to the last two times we played Georgia. Think back to the last time they came to our stadium. Mm-hmm. Think back to last year. I think we made progress. I think you can look at it now and say, okay, the gap's been closed. And to the point about Hugh Freeze saying uh, during the week that he had lost a little bit of time recruiting, you made it up. You made it up for it in this performance. Any any little bit of whatever he may have lost in recruiting during the week, you made up for it in that performance in front of all of those guys Saturday. Because if you've read the quotes, and we'll probably get into it on the Tuesday show, um, everybody that was there, recruiting wise, every prospect says, Oh, Auburn's right there. They just need a couple of guys. Those guys know, okay. They're football players. They know what they're looking at. They know Perry Thompson sitting there saying, Oh, I make that back shoulder catch. You're not knocking that away from me. And and it's not a knock on Malcolm Johnson. Just like the size is what it is. We've seen Perry up close. Mm -hmm. He looks like he does. He looks like nobody else on this team. I mean, I guess he, he's built like Shane hooks, but, 
Perry's making those plays, right? He absolutely torched Sarah Land's defense Friday night. I think he had in one half, I think he only played a half, bro, and he had like 176 yards receiving. Yeah, we saw me and you saw him make that one handed dive and stab yeah. that he pulled back into two hands in the corner of the end zone versus mm-hmm. Baker, like an athletic freak. So, all those guys that are sitting there, if you're Demarcus Reddick, if you're DJ Barber, who did you see DJ Barber on Thursday night? Yes. All over the field, okay? Yes. All over the field. We'll have a breakdown coming up uh, sometime next week on that for our varsity squad members. Um, when when Ron Roberts gets Reddick, when he gets DJ Barber, when he gets his guys, when we get our guys, I think you can make up that touchdown difference. I think that the coaching staff had a good game yesterday. I think that uh, – the pro, I think the program took a step forward. So, yeah. like, so here's how I look at this. Okay, I don't even think we really shot ourselves in the foot. Like, you had the turnover at the end of the game. I think that you kept – and you were, you were trying to force something at that point. Um, I think, like, you had to throw it as fourth down, right? Um, you, you cut down on the penalties. Like, you did some things in the game where it's like, okay, you got to get a stop right here and you got to stop. Now, ultimately, like you, you, you predicted this, you said we'll get worn down in the fourth quarter lack of depth. Not having a guy like Keontae Scott killed you yep. when when Bowers just starts doing what he does and going off. And by the way, I seen I saw some people going at Ron Roberts and Ron Roberts clap back, but uh, not just that tweet in particular. I've seen some other people going at Ron Roberts saying, "Why can't we figure out this Bowers situation?" I ask you this: How many times have you seen Bowers eat up defenses? Do you think that it's Ron Roberts doesn't know how to guard Bowers? Do you think that all these defensive coordinators don't know how to guard Bowers? Or maybe he's just that damn good. Dustin, you want to know what? All right. You're probably going to draft him in the top three rounds of your fantasy draft. All right. Yeah, he's just that good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's just that good. When he comes out, all right, when he comes out, I, I you know, I don't want to – make any speculations of when he comes out for the draft or whatever. But when he does come out, like we all think he will, uh, you're you're probably going to draft him uh, within the first three rounds of your fantasy draft, and he's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. Like, let's be honest. He's that good. All right? But when he made the one-handed grab yesterday, yeah, come on, man. Look, the dude's just a freak. All right? I get what you're saying with the – with when fans are saying, oh, why didn't we bracket him or why didn't we chip him off the line of scrimmage or whatever, like at the end of the day, man, dude's going to eat. Yeah, he's going to eat. He's going to get his touches and he's going to eat. Like you can only slow a guy like that down so much, man. And and it's just like, why are we coming at the coaching staff? Like I don't get that. I thought it was an excellent game plan. Uh, I thought, you know, what we did on defense – Jason with the pick and all that. And, and uh, you know, there was a couple things that I know we'll talk about here in just a minute that I was a little aggravated with, but it comes down to, like you said, Keontae being out yeah. that killed us. All right. Um, DK in coverage. Look, he's not a, he's not a cover guy. And I've, I've mentioned that before. He's just not. All right. So, um, that all goes back to us not having the Jimmies and the Joes. You have to realize that look – at, look at the University of Alabama, Dustin. Why are they in it every year? Because they have the Jimmies and the Joes, man. They have the – They've won these last couple of weeks off of just talent. Yes, yeah. yes man. They're like they just have ta- – they have better talent, and it starts taking over – in big-time games. Look at Texas, all right? 
We want to talk about Jimmy's and Joe's. All right. If you watch a Texas game, look at how their offense took a, a, another step. They went and got A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. All right. Now you got A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy on opposite sides of each other. Have fun. All right. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's, man, and Sark and the recruiting that he's doing out there. And that's why they are competitive again. They're in the top five rankings, top ten rankings, wherever you want to put them. But that's why they're competitive again, because they are now starting to get the Jimmys and the Joes in there. And that is what college football is about, man. All right. It's it's just simple. And we don't have that right now. The depth is just not there for Auburn right now. Yeah. So when I say that we've taken a, a step forward as a program, here's what I mean. One, like I said, just look at the, the last couple of performances versus Georgia and look where you're at now. But I don't think we quit versus A&M. Like no. maybe there, maybe there were some individuals really kind of looking at that wide receiver room that loafed on certain plays. Um, we're going to get in that room here in a second. But I think that they never quit versus A&M. They kept fighting, and I think that they continued to fight all the way through. They haven't hung their head yet. They could have quit versus Cal. They mm-hmm. stayed in the game. They kept. I mean, we know that that defense was their back was against the wall the entire second half versus Cal. They didn't quit and ultimately got us the win. And even the offense, when they had to make the drive, they made the drive in that game. I think that everybody kept fighting versus A&M. Mm-hmm. It just got away from you. I For think sure. that every, everybody kept fighting yesterday. Hugh For said sure. it in the, in the, you know, in the post game, he said, we're hurt. Yep. And now those, those seniors are going out, never had beating Georgia. So those guys are hurt, but I think you're going into this bye week at three and two, which if we, before the season, we all thought was a realistic possibility. We talked about that A&M game being important for that reason. And now you're here at three and two going into the bye I think you're good, man. I think that you can look at this locker room and say, you know what? These guys, to me, I'm outside looking in. They look together. They look like they they continue to stay in the fight. They continue to stay in the game. And I think that they're going to come back this week in the bye week. And I'm encouraged by – I know 88 passing yards. We still, we're we're now six, five, six games, some kind of – some streak like that uh, of SEC games now where we haven't even thrown for 100 yards. It's pedestrian. It's pathetic. I'm not making any excuses for it. I will say this. You ran for over 200 yards on Georgia. I didn't think you were going to do that. Like I, So I think you come away with some positives. I mm-hmm. think that Hugh Freeze said, okay, I've got to get in there this week. I've got to get involved in the game plan. And the offense looked the best that it's looked versus a Power 5 team this year. Mm-hmm. So now going into the bye week, does he have more time to implement more of his stuff well, it looked to me, and we'll, we'll watch the film here in the next couple of days, and we'll review it. But just off the first, you know, watching it the first time, it looked to me like there was more RPOs. It looked to me like we found some success with that. Ultimately, I asked some questions, and maybe they'll step back as a staff and the Bible can ask themselves this: If this is the offense that we need to run, and this is not a knock on Peyton Thorne at all, but if this is the offense moving forward, maybe is Robbie the guy for it? Because. I don't want to knock a guy that makes a 61-yard run, right? That was a great run by Peyton Thorne. I would also say Robbie probably takes that to the house. Mm-hmm. So, so now, but either way, you found a way to move some. You found a way to move the football. There's some things you can look at and say, okay, now can Hugh get more involved this week during the bye? Can he implement more of his terminology, which he talked about during last week? He said that's kind of what's holding me back is I don't want to complicate it with terminology. Now he's got a week. We've seen this LSU defense get shredded. Multiple times. You don't have to, for the remaining teams on our schedule, Blake, we have played, the last two weeks we played the best two defenses we're going to see. 
Now, versus, when we get down to Alabama, who knows? They got a good defense. They might be playing well. But here for a while, that's the A&M, they got a good defense. It is what it is. They're going to mess around and win eight, nine games in the league. Georgia? I think they beat Alabama next week. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Georgia, see what they got over there. You know what they've been doing on defense the last four or five years. So those are out the way. Now, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt. These are our next five conference games. All these defenses can be shredded. Yep. You don't have, and you, you can do it running the ball the way we did, but you got to throw for more than 88. Just find 142. If you're going to run the way we ran the ball yesterday, then you just have to make those couple of plays through the air that we did it make. Get to about 145 to 150 passing yards, protect the football, but which we did up until the end. But those plays, the Rivaldo Fairweather, and Rivaldo's made, you know, he's caught the majority of the overwhelming majority of balls thrown to him. But you had an opportunity to make a play yesterday. You didn't do it. You mentioned Malcolm Johnson, like the Jay Fair one. Yes, the ball was a little high. Jay Fair's got to make that catch. We've, we've all talked about how he's the best receiver on our team. You got to pull that slant down. It's wide open. The opportunities are right there. It's not just a Peyton Thorne thing, Blake. The whole passing game, it's always something. If if he's wide open, then Peyton might overthrow him. If he does throw it to him, then we drop it. You know what I mean? Like, the, the plays are there. So, during this bye week, I think that this locker room can look in and say, okay, we haven't quit. We've stayed together. There's stuff we can build on. We're getting better. We go into LSU and get a win and come out four and two. Yep. Man. Hey, Dustin, what do you think about the back shoulder to Mardner? Um, my, th- I think that we're just searching. I don't think we have anybody established. I can't. How many times have we thrown the ball to Nick Marner this year? And then that's and that's when you go to him in that moment right there. I just think that they don't trust Jane Hooks. I think they don't trust Jair Shorter. It just they're they're searching for somebody yeah. to make that play. Remember they tried Vara last week mm-hmm. on the back shoulder. They tried Malcolm. To, they're just begging somebody to make this play down the field, and nobody's doing it. That's what I think it is. That's what it got me. I was like, bro, how many times have we thrown the ball at Nick Mardner this year, and then all of a sudden you want to go to him in that spot? And Peyton Thorne looked at looked at Hugh and was like, hey, it was there. Right. He, he, there was just miscommunication. He never saw it. I, so, I, yeah, that, that was a head-scratcher to me. Um, and like you said, man, Ma- Malcolm Johnson Jr., you got to catch that football. Uh, and and I love the point that you made about Perry Thompson. Perry Thompson will catch that football. That is why he has five stars next mm-hmm. to his name. That is a Jimmy, and that is a Joe. Okay, Bryce Kane is a Jimmy and a Joe. Okay, Malcolm Simmons a Jimmy and a Joe. Those are dudes, man. Definitely Malcolm bad. <laughs> hey, if Nye Carr comes, that's a Jimmy and a Joe. All right, that's that's what I mean by that. Got that Auburn's wide receiver core is not what I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It's not. Tried, they tried to tell us, bro. Yeah, and and um, what did we rank them the other night? A C. We gave it a. I gave it a C minus based off of just the passing game. As I don't want to, the passing game as a whole looks inept. So yeah. it's hard for me to just say okay F here. But I'm. I mean, I, I'm giving it yesterday an F or a D minus. Right? Like yesterday was bad. Yeah, um, it just it, it hasn't been what I thought it was going to be. Um, 
We got to make plays, man. Look, Jarquez, Blake. Jarquez dropping that ball on the, on the fourth on the last drive of the fourth. Yep, on the, yep, on the last drive. That would have been. I think there would there was room to make a play there too. Uh, and and that have been a pretty nice gain right there. And that that have been a, a step forward on that drive. You see your first play positive yards. I know they come right back the next play. Uh, and everything, but but that first play, you're like, okay, now we can right. go up tempo a little bit. We can move it. Um, I did one thing. I don't know how you feel about this, but I felt like I felt like Hugh kind of simplified things for Peyton yesterday. Did you get that vibe of? Yeah. So yeah, that's why I made the point of I wonder if Hugh, because man, as as it went on, like there was some. As I watched the press conference again from Monday. And then when I, what he said in Tiger Talk and in the SEC teleconference, there was just some quotes where I said, I really thought, okay, he is not happy with the way the offense is being run. And he just he's trying to not throw Philip Montgomery under the bus the best yeah. he can. Mm-hmm. Blake, I think he I think he had a heavy hand in what we saw yesterday. That's and it. I and I I think that um I think he was just trying to get to the buy. So yes, I think he simplified it. I think he dumbed it down. I think he was. I think that uh, they felt like, okay, if we can run the ball, let's use this new clock rule to our advantage. Try to shorten the game versus Georgia. Be in the game in the fourth quarter. And I think now he's probably thinking, let me get this thing to the bye week and let me make some changes. I think mm-hmm. that going forward, you see a lot more of Q Freeze than you would have seen what you saw of the Philip Montgomery offense. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And that fires me up. <laughs> me too. <man. laughs> uh, hey, hey, one thing I do want to say real quick. One thing I do want to say real quick. Another thing that fires me up is seeing Hugh Freeze get fired up. Bro, preach on it. Like, Let me tell y'all something. When we couldn't get lined up and we had to burn a timeout right out the gate and that Hugh Freeze ripped his headset off and he threw that some that some bitch down on the ground, all right, and he got up in their face, all right, and he you could see him barking, all right. I know I refer to this team a lot, and I'm an Auburn fan, all right, and I love the Auburn Tigers, but I look at the Golden Standard Dynasty, all right, and what I want to be, and you watch Nick Saban coach a football game, Dustin. Last night. All right, Alabama's in control of that football game. All right, they're dominating Mississippi State. And you see Nick Saban, all right, Terry and Arnold, I forget what he done, but he made a mistake, all right? He made a mistake. And he's trotting off the field, and Nick Saban meets him at the 30, all right? Meets him at the 30, and he is in his ear hole the entire way back to the sideline, and he is chewing him out. And Terry and Arnold, he he takes it. Hey, he turned around. Yes, sir, coach. Got you. Won't happen again. All right. And when I saw Hugh Freeze do that yesterday, I said, man, that is so much better than watching a head coach dangle his head on the sideline with a clipboard in his hand with sunshades on. All right. (laughs) And then him take the sunshades off and – Oh man, you know, and nothing be done about it. Or yeah. seeing a coach caress a caress a clipboard like this, and you know, with his little glasses <laughs> on and his sweater vest, and you know, looking, and I, you know, like, I, I'm sorry, bro. I know there's, I know there's Gus Gussers out there, but he Luciano will, coming in right now. 
Yeah, yeah, he blew a 28-point lead uh, yesterday. Yeah, whatever his name is, here he comes. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, it's refreshing to see a coach and he's going to remind you when you mess up, right? That's a coaching moment, and I, I think that's a big, a big step in year one, man. Is is he's letting these guys know, hey, I might be chewing your ass out, but there's a reason why I'm chewing your ass out, and I promise you, it will not only make you a better football player, but it will make you a better person in life. All right, when you mess up on a job, when you get older, and football is no more and you get rode up or you get an ass chewing for doing something wrong, all right, you're going to remember back and be like, damn, man, that Hugh Freeze, he used to chew my ass out all the time too, you know. I couldn't get lined up in that Georgia game, and uh, we had to burn a timeout. And, you know, so I think I love seeing that, man. I love seeing passion on the sideline, uh, and and I think that I think that's a step in the right direction. It's refreshing as an Auburn fan to see that, Dustin. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, me and you is just a, a style, right? It kind of matches our attitude and how we view mm-hmm. sports. But I think it matters because who are the four best college coaches that I've seen in my lifetime? Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Kirby Smart, and Steve Spurrier. Yep, yep. All four, all four of those guys, you ain't making a mistake and just walking past them. Yep. And I think there's something to that, especially when, like you mentioned, once the player can take it, is willing to sit there and take it, doesn't argue back and learns from the mistake and goes out and executes the next time, that's when you know your program's headed in the right direction. Coach them hard, love them hard. Uh, Hugh Free said in the press conference after the game, I love these guys, and they're hurting. And so he's going to coach you hard during the game, put his arms around them today, last night in the locker room, and say, okay, we've still got seven games to go. Our goals are still in front of us. Mm-hmm. We can The goal this year – and Hugh can't say this to his players. He has to tell them before the season our goal is to win the national championship because as unrealistic as that is, and Hugh Freeze even knows that, that's yeah. the way you have – that's just the way you have to think yeah. if you're in that – like if you're going to compete in this league, if you're going to be successful in what these guys are trying to be successful in. That's the way you have to be programmed to think. But Hugh knows that ultimately his goal is to take a step forward as a program. Mm-hmm. every recruit has nothing but positive things to say. I'm pretty sure we got some commitments yesterday that will be silent for however long and will leak out eventually, or we made some big steps with some guys type thing. Like Nikar was there. I guarantee you he's looking at it and saying, oh, well, I, I make that. Right, away. <laughs> right. right. That, that part too. If you're like, there are certain positions where you're looking at it and saying, oh, uh, Jamonte Waller was a surprise visit, the five-star yeah. Ed. He's looking at it saying, oh, I can play right away in this situation right here. So, um, yeah, man, I think that overall we put our best foot forward yesterday. I think that the Auburn fan base does what it does, showed out, uh, kept us in the game. Obviously, it was a big factor in the game and showed the uh, built a really good atmosphere. Great job by the school. It was a who's who. Like, it was a red carpet of Auburn yeah. celebrities. I mean, Bo or uh, uh, Charles Barkley's in a Pat, Pat Sullivan jersey. Like, it was just uh, – SUNY was there. Like, it was just a who's who of, of Auburn royalty. And they were all no, down there. Do it, no. Hey. Talking about, talking about, how can you miss? How could you miss the hat? I'm sure you can. Yeah. See, I'm sure you can see that hat from the nosebleed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam down, Cam down there leading cheers in the student section, uh, getting everybody hype. 
you know, again, just crushing that narrative that Cam only used Auburn and was a mercenary. Obviously, Cam loves Auburn, man. He continues to come back for every big game. And we're going to get to the point where we start winning some of these big games for him again. Big Nick Fairley was there yesterday. I'm sure A.M. Murray ran it, ran it back to Athens at the side of that. Uh, so, listen, man, they, the school did a good job. The program did a good job. I think anybody that's listened to this podcast long enough knows we are not sunshine pumpers. We are not moral victory guys. But we also look at this through a very realistic, you know, type of lens, and we're just saying, okay, this program's making progress, man. This program's getting better. But looking at the game, Blake, uh, the part that I'm really the most disappointed in is defensively allowing Georgia to go eight for 13 on third down. Coming into the game, we talked about how we were sixth in the nation in third down. We were only giving up 25% uh, 25% on third downs. And I don't know what happened yesterday. And it was really the third and longs. And this was kind of like a, it was kind of like a bad dream because I think back to some big-time SEC games before where we just haven't got – we've been in the – remember back to the LSU game, Joe Burrow's first year at LSU where we just kept giving up third and longs all day, that, that big third down that went over to Sean Davis's head. Uh, the third and 12, Blake, was the backbreaker. The third and 12 and the fourth, we had an opportunity. We could have got off the field, man. That really would have had the momentum. You get them on third down consistently – in your stadium, you've been a good third down defense, you have a good secondary, and you don't get the stops. So you have to ask yourself what went wrong. And I'm gonna let you start here, Blake, because you 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 know what it is. You talked about it all week. Can't get pressure with four. It's a fact, man. <clears throat> Can't get pressure with four. Um can you give Carson Beck the time? I told you guys um in, in a couple spaces that I went in and everything that Carson Beck is an elite talent, man. The dude is good. And you saw that when Eugene Asante come on the blitz, all right, mm-hmm. and he put it, he put his helmet right in the numbers of Carson Beck's chest, all right, and Carson Beck delivered a dot across the middle, all right. He stepped in and delivered a ball for a first down, uh, and, and that right there told me, I said, hey, this dude right here is a dog. He, he, he's a dog. And if you can't get pressure on him, Nobody to get home with four, you're in trouble. And it showed in the fourth that we couldn't get home, period. All right. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing was working. We got we got stifled at the line. And if you if that happens in an SEC football game, you're not gonna win, man. You give up eight of 13, eight of 13. And you only go two for 12, you're not winning. That's a recipe for disaster, Dustin. That's a recipe for disaster. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it comes back to Jimmy's and the Joes. All right. And I don't know, like our fan base, man. Like I I saw somebody yesterday say, well, why is, why is DK on Brock Bowers? And, and why, why is, is, why is Zion Puckett uh, on this coverage and all this? And I'm like, well, who who do you want? <laughs> who, who do you want? Let me let me give you the headset. Let All me right. put you in Ron Roberts' seat, and you put out there who you want. All right. I, I want to know. I want to know who you want because that, that's all we got right now. That, that's, that's all we got. All right. If you want to throw, start throwing freshmen in. 
and things like that because we don't have the depth and, and Keontae Scott is out. Fella, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, you know. Uh, we just got eight up in the fourth quarter. I, I Like I told you before we started recording, man, one of my one of my best buds, he, he, he texted me. And he said, Blake, stay calm. Don't, you know, he was like, don't freak out. And I was like, man, look, we will find a way to lose the game because they have more talent and depth than we do in the later stages. And and that's you saw a freak talent, a five-star tight end, make plays and show you how freakish of an athlete he is. And uh, it, it had a big reason to do it. You couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. And that's where it comes in at, Dustin. Yeah, it's uh, just don't have the depth, man. And like you like you talked about it during the week, um, I think you predicted, what, 26 to 13, something like that. And you say, we'll be in the ball game, and they'll just run away because at the end of the day, we just don't have the guys. When it comes down to pass rush, yeah, we just don't have it on the defensive line. Um, even at linebacker, like Larry Nix is playing every snap, bro. And, and yep. I'm proud of Larry Nixon. He's out there fighting. He's yep. out there playing his ass off. He's playing well. And he's – but we saw it last year, right, with like Derek Hall where he just couldn't come off the field. This yep. year it seems like that's, it like that's Marcus. Yep. And then thank God he was able to come back in because when Marcus went down, <laughs> we all said, oh, shit, yep. can't afford this one. Can't afford that. So, like, yeah, it's just – they're just not – Simp got beat up. Yeah, like yeah. Thank God the bye week is here. We yep. really need, we really need to get, uh, we really need to get healthy, man. Um, I think that Ron Roberts is, again, I we gave him an, an A Tuesday night, and I'm, I'm, he's still an A. I think he's doing a hell of a job, man. I think that everybody's doing, they're doing what they, especially uh, on defense, they're doing what they can do, man. Like Josh Oliver just coaching his ass off. He doesn't have any bodies. He doesn't have any bodies, man. Like, See what Kirk Herbstreit said. Mm-mm. He said, hey, you can criticize a, a, a D.C. all you want, but don't you think that a guy like Brock Bowers, he's going to beat any defense you throw at him. All right, He's going to eventually make a play. He's going to eventually get his touches. All right? Yeah, you had him bracketed for most of the game, and you were shutting him down on the, on the quick throws they were getting out to him and everything. But eventually, he's going to make a play. That's what big-time guys do. And Kurt was like, man, he's just that good. He's going to be playing on Sundays. He could have sat out this year. They literally said Brock Bowers could have sat out this year right. and he would go top 10 in the NFL draft. Yeah. That's how good he is. So Kurt Kershaw was like, hey, man, you can sit here and criticize somebody all you want to. But at the end of the day, the dude, I mean, he he caught a ball one-handed, bro. Like, I mean, just snatched it like it like – it was they threw a damn tennis ball to him. He just, ugh. I, I mean, he's just he's a freak, bro. And I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and get mad at Ron Roberts and go after him. Yeah. And you know, hey, they're better than us. They are. It sucks that we lost. It hurts. It stings. But at the end of the day, they have more talent, and and they're better. Uh, their coaching staff is elite. You know, I mean. I, I promise you this, Dustin. I promise you this. It won't be long before we get them. Yep. It won't be long before we get them. I'm telling you, it won't. And 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 all these people that sit here and say, I just read a YouTube comment from a Georgia fan, and he was like, oh, because I made a point the other night. I said, 
hey, we, we have the opportunity to attack Georgia's secondary because they can be attacked, all right? You watch Ohio State game from last year. You watch Alabama from two years ago with Bryce Young in the uh, in the SEC championship. And even in the national championship when they lost Mechie and J-Mo, uh, they still were eating against Georgia's secondary. They just couldn't catch the damn football, all right? So, um, you know, and, and I see these dudes and they're commenting. They're saying, well, you're not Ohio State and, and, and you're not Alabama. Yeah, okay, we're not. I get that. But we're still an elite college football program historically, not right now, but historically, we're there, man, and we're going to get back to that. We will, I promise. It's, it's not going to be long. We said it the other night on our live show. We're going to take our licks. We're going to take our lashings this year. But we will get back. And, and this 27-20 that you see right now, mm. and we're on the bad end of it, I promise you, we will be on the good end of that here soon. I promise. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of defensive coordinators across the country that if they if they could stop Brock Bowers, they would. <laughs> yeah. he, he had Nick Saban. He had Nick Saban knowing. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. He's just, he, he was just over there gnawing a bone. Nick Saban was so pissed. And go back to the one that you talked about where we uh, we, we hit Carson Beck and then Ra Ra still makes the catch across the middle after kind of bobbling it. Um, yeah. There's a couple of times where Georgia, like the 50, we had some balls where we made some of them third downs we talk about. We had good coverage on some of those. They just made the play. Like, uh, and, and we didn't. And again, stars matter. And that just is what it is. Those 50 50 balls, they caught them and we didn't. And, so, and look at Georgia, man. Like, you you lose an A.D. Mitchell and then you go get a rah-rah Thomas. I mean, a dude that ate against you two years ago in Jordan here. So, like, he, you know, he's familiar with it. Uh, but, I mean, they just – they got dudes, man. And yeah, uh, we, we tried. We went all in on rah-rah. But, you know, yeah. we, came, we came in second with rah-rah. You know why we came in second was because Georgia was the defending two-time national champions. And we, we, we're we a program right now that's just trying to get to a point where we can pass for 100 yards in the SEC. Yeah. Um, so I'm proud of the way we fought. I'm proud of everything that we put on the field. I'm proud of the way that the coaches prepared and got the team ready. Uh, I think that uh, – I think yesterday, as much as I hate losing to Georgia – I think that yesterday was a good day for Auburn. If we do what we need to do, if you come out here and you get blown out versus LSU, then it doesn't mean nothing. But if you continue to take the steps forward, then you can look back at yesterday and say, okay, that was a day where we took, you know, we've all, mm-hmm. we've all seen the clips, right, of uh, the Pat Dye speeches. You've seen mm-hmm. the one where uh, the boys are in their white uniforms and their head are down. And uh, he says, if you keep fighting like that, you know, we can build a foundation. You can win a long time on here at Auburn. That was after a tough loss at Tennessee in Pat Bally's first year. You're going to take these lumps, man. You're going to take these licks. It takes time to build a program. You have to have these kind of moments. So now does that locker room find a way? I think that they have mentally, they have taken a step from last year. I don't see any quitting. Yep. Now's the next step, making the play. We didn't yep. make any mistakes yesterday. That was really like I mean, we made some, but like there wasn't any big mistakes. It was just the 50-50 balls. There's moments when it was okay, you gotta make it. The third and 12, okay, you gotta get the stop here when you had to do it. The uh Georgia's first touchdown. That was 11 plays, 56 yard drive. They converted third downs, and you kind of put the defense in a bad spot with bad kick coverage. It's just mm-hmm. it's just the little things, but 
I think we've taken the step now from from not even being in the ball game versus these kind of teams to okay, now we're in the ball game. So mm-hmm. now what do we have to do? What's the next step now to start winning these kind of games? Because the opportunities are going to arise again. I think we're going to have. I think Blake <laughs> that and in Baton Rouge, especially, and we'll know. I guess what tomorrow, what time the game is going to be. Yeah. Um, if I think if right now they're three and two, we're three and two. And they got a tough one out in Missouri. Uh, this, I'm just guessing this will probably be in the day, based off of the records right now. Both teams are three and two. This is probably be eleven a.m. <laughs> I said there's a good possibility this is at eleven. So if you're getting LSU at eleven a.m., you couldn't ask for a better scenario. You definitely don't want to see them at six. And I think you're going to be in the same situation. <laughs> I think you're going to be in a close game in the fourth quarter. So you got a bye week to get ready. You got a bye week to hopefully implement some more of Hugh Freeze's offense. But uh yeah, I think that you're gonna have the same opportunity here in two weeks. I think you're gonna be in a 24-24 game in Baton Rouge, something along those lines. Do you make the play? Yeah, and they have a suspect defense, you know. Very, their very secondary is not good. Um they they kind of struggled to stop the run last night for real. Um uh, I mean they didn't look good against Florida State. Um, if you want to take, if you want to take a bet next week on a player prop, take Luther Burden over receiving yards. Oh, you ain't right? kidding! Let me tell y'all something. It is Marvin Harrison Jr. and Luther Burden, and they're in a class of their own. That that Luther Burden is a freaking dog, bro. <laughs> like, oh, uh, nice. I mean, I'm telling you, that dude, I watched him yesterday a little bit with Vanderbilt, and he is a dog, man. Um, but, look, bye week, figure some things out. Uh, I, I thought we ran the ball well with our backs. Now, I know Peyton Thorne breaking off the 61-yarder and everything. Um, I thought we ran the ball well. Yeah, but he's a weapon. Yeah. Uh, a, a return game. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, quick cut, bro. That yes. cut is nasty. Uh, I thought he ran the ball exceptionally well in between the tackles. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a hair away from taking it to the crib mm. when he got on the yeah. outside. I mean, a a footstep, a footstep away from taking it to the crib. I think I texted Ike in 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 the group and was like, "Dude, uh, if he had a foot more sideline on it over there, uh, that's a house call." Um, I, I thought Jarquez looked good early. Um, I, I loved the way we were feeding him early, and seeing him getting in the in the end zone that was a that was a, a plus for me. Um, but yeah, Peyton Thorn on that run. I know you said earlier Robbie probably takes that to the house, um, but I did like seeing him pull it and and just make them respect it. Um, Make them respect it. And I think that kind of eased things up for him, Dustin, a little bit. I think that kind of uh I think that kind of eased it up in, in mentally uh when he dropped back in the pocket. Um it didn't look like he was shell shocked yesterday. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple times there was a couple times where once again we had a receiver point out, hey, here he comes. Yeah, we He's gotta get that fixed this week. And Peyton looks at him, turns him around, snaps yeah. it, and gets and gets sacked. 
like we, we got to clean those little things up. But as far as him uh, in the pocket, stepping up, um, you know, trying to make some plays, I thought he threw some nice balls downfield and we just didn't make the plays on him. Uh, he threw a couple questionable, a couple questionable balls uh, early in that game down in the red zone. Uh, he threw one that was questionable. Um, but I thought he played well. I thought his receivers could have helped him out a little bit more. Uh, but it's still got to get better, man. It's got to get way better. But I, I did see a couple people throwing blame on Peyton Thorne as that's why we lost this football game, and you need to stop. Like, yeah. It's it's not. I think a fair criticism of just the offense in general yesterday would be if that was your game plan, that seemed more of like a Robbie game plan. Yeah. Um. So that's not a knock on Thorne. It's just, okay, if you're going to run the ball that much, including quarterback run, why not Robbie? And then yeah. on the on the drive where Robbie scored, like he looked lethal. It looked like Georgia really – it looked all day like Georgia was struggling at defending that, and I felt like he left some opportunities there. Uh, but then – so the reason why I haven't really – because I think, it's, like I said, it's a fair criticism. But the reason I haven't talked about that too much on this episode is because – if your guys make the plays on the throws that Peyton Thorne made, especially in the fourth quarter, then the plan works. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know if Robbie could have made, and I'm not saying he couldn't, but um, does he make all those throws that Peyton made in the fourth quarter? Now, again, against A&M, he made throws like, uh, and they weren't caught. So, you know, I don't know. Like, but, but the point I'm making is, is that, one, Peyton, this is a, a we've seen this, we saw it at Cal, and I think we saw it yesterday. Peyton settled, he settled in in the fourth quarter. He, mm-hmm. I don't think Peyton ever got rattled by the moment yesterday. I think yep. as the game went on, he was got more comfortable, and they, I had a little bit of confidence in him as the game grew. Yeah. Especially in that fourth quarter, I'm like, okay, he's putting the ball where it needs to be put. These mm-hmm. guys just aren't making the play. So that, again, I'm glad it's the bye week. Can they come in and say, okay, let's look at all this. Let's look at the five games of this offense. What can we do? There are some things here that we can build on. Um, If we're going to run this much quarterback run, is Robbie the guy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, uh, and would it even be, Blake, would it even be a knock on Peyton Thorne if you had to say, okay, we got to use more Robbie in the run package? Maybe that's just saying we don't have the receivers that can consistently execute a passing attack the way that we want to. I don't know. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm glad that the bye week is where it is. I'm glad that we played the way we played yesterday, that we could, where you didn't just get your doors blown off and you're like, all right, we got to go back to square one. I think that those guys are going to be hurting. They should be hurting as competitors. But all right, man, here we go. We still got seven games. Let's lock in and let's let's find a way to get seven, eight wins out of this season. It's, it's, it's right in front of us, man. We can do this. I want to ask you one thing real quick. Um, talking about the Robbie and Peyton switching out thing. We were in the red zone <clears throat> right before half. We get uh, third and one, third and two. Yeah. Um, and uh, we switch Robbie and Peyton. What were your thoughts on that? And what were your thoughts on going for it on fourth down? or kicking the field goal to take the lead right before half. Yeah, you know, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate everything about it. One, I hated it because it's third and one. So, to me, if you've already used Robbie on these first two plays, this is not like a passing down. Just continue. You're going to run the ball. 
So have the running quarterback in there that's already on the field. So one, you're giving the defense a chance to substitute when you take Robbie and bring Peyton Thorne back in. And then on that fourth down, you made it look like you wanted to speed it up and be up-tempo, which caused the high snap. Well, if you were going to do up-tempo and go fast with it, why did you switch on third down? Why not after that second, didn't you just go bang again with Robbie and pick up the first? You just all... You're just allowing them to substitute. You're, you're allowing now you're, the whole switching thing right down here in the red zone. You're already in the red zone, and you have red zone Robbie. This is his strength. And we saw, like I just talked about, the touchdown later in the game where he like they were struggling with that. And right now, it seems like we can get to the red zone, and then it's, we're struggling a little bit. We're hoping that we can get three out of that thing. So when you're down there, it's like, yeah, I think we're kind of searching for what to do when we get inside the 20. I wasn't a big fan of it. As far as the the taking the three, yeah. I mean, shit, dude. Like, you're go- if you kick that field goal, you're going into half down 13 to 10. And then me and you were screaming it when we got that turnover and came out and scored in the second half, right? We were screaming it. You would be up 20 to 10 right now. That's why you don't chase points. And when you're playing teams that are significantly better than you and there's a talent gap, you don't leave points on the board because you never know. You're one turnover away from getting that ball right back. I hated it, man. Take the points. And let's just say, and ultimately you lost by seven and it didn't matter because you would have lost by four, right? But let's just say this. Let's say you kick that field goal and then Cam Riley gets that interception. Yeah. Now you've got an opportunity to win the game. You got to take the points. And it's just a momentum thing. Yeah. Like, because we we did the halftime. I did the halftime show with C-Dub and B-Will. And we were in here like, I don't want to, I don't want to down us because if you were telling me before the game is 10 to 10 at halftime, I would have done anything in the world for that. But I feel like we should be up 13 to 10. It's just a, it's just a, a momentum thing, if nothing else. Like, all right, man, like you, you just, you just left three. And when you're playing, you you knew this was going to be a one-possession game. At least if you're Hugh Freeze, you're hoping, okay, I got to have this thing as a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Take the points. And then he said after the game, no, I got analytics, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I hear that, but I don't think we're good enough. Like, right now, our offense cannot be trusted to make that fourth and one. They just mm-hmm. can't be. And you saw it. It was a high snap. Of course it was. Because right now, Auburn football, in those moments – Cam Riley doesn't make the interception. Jay Fair doesn't pull down a pass that's slightly too high. Fairweather doesn't come down with that jump ball for the first time all season. Of course he doesn't come down with this one. That's what I'm saying. Of course Cam Riley doesn't make that interception. Like, because that's that's the next step. We're past the, okay, getting blown out and quitting the Penn State's last year versus the Georgia's last year. We're past that. Yeah. Now the next step is, okay, when you're in the game, how can you stay mentally locked in to not nut up and make the play? That's where we're at now. So a- until we've shown that we're at that, that we're capable of being that team in that moment, you got to take the points, in my opinion. You have to take them every time they present themselves. And what drives me crazy about it, Blake, is that a field goal is half a touchdown. You mess around and get another one on the next possession, it's a touchdown. I don't know why these coaches nowadays are so just, ah, it's half a toddy. 
Hey, um, you know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, I, I said the other night that touchdowns, you got to score touchdowns to beat Georgia, right? But I felt like in that moment of the game, I know I might be, me and you, we might be alone, we might be alone on this, all right? Yeah. And we might be uh, completely by ourselves with this take. But I felt like at that point in the game, right before half, Georgia got ball at half. Mm-hmm. You take the points and go up. You're at home. Now, if we'd have been on the road in front of 90,000 yeah. in Athens, I'd have said, hey, go for it. We're on the road. We really probably don't have a shot at this. Like, let, let's go for it. But at home, man, in a, in a raucous environment, I feel like you let your fan base, you go up 13-10, that place, I mean, things are starting to shake in that place, all right? You take a 13-10 lead into half. I understand why he was going for it because, like I said, touchdowns win games against Georgia and Alabama, all right? But right now our offensive line and our de- and against their defensive line, uh, I just kind of looked at it and was like, you know, we just mm. – uh, and then the switching of the quarterbacks, it told me – it told me when you took Robbie out and you brought Peyton back in, you immediately told me it was going to be a handoff to Jarquez, all right? That's, that's what – that's the first thought I said, bang, all right? Because they don't – Georgia's sitting over – they're sitting there going, no way they throw the ball with Peyton Thorne, right? All right. Not third and one. Yeah. No way they throw the ball with him. All right. He, he yeah, he, he busted a 61 yarder or whatever. Um, and he had busted a couple runs and everything. Uh, but we still don't respect him as a runner. So who's getting this football on short yardage? Yeah, man. We know who's getting it. Jarquez is getting it. So. Uh, I would have liked to seen Robbie stay in the game there. We can nitpick at things all we want to, right. but um, you know, I thought it was a hell of a job by Hugh and and what he did with the game plan and the staff. But I just kind of looked at that man, and I would have loved to take the points. And who who's to say, Dustin, when they went up twenty to seventeen, I think I put it in our group, and I said, man, sure would have loved to have those three points yeah. right before half. All right, so who's to say? We go up 23-20. Say we kick the field goal and Georgia ties it up 20-20, all right? And we go down and we go up. We kick that field goal in the fourth and we go up 23-20. Who's to say Carson Beck, man, down three points, needs a game-winning drive? Who's to say he's got the nads on him to make that drive? You know? Can he get Georgia into field position uh, down three with a couple minutes left? Like, how does that thing play out? Yeah, then you're forcing their kicker to make a kick. Yeah, you're forcing their kicker to make a kick. Like, um, I, I was always, I was always brought up to in the first half, you never chase points. Yeah. In the second half, I'm okay with it, but in the first half, you never chase points. Tell me how it works out for Lane Kiffin. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm watching that game, and I'm just like, we're gonna, we're gonna beat Ole Miss because they'll beat themselves. They'll beat themselves. Hey, he'll go for it. He'll go for it anywhere on the field. First drive, seventh drive, fifteenth drive. He don't care, bro. 
He will go for it. And 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 that is what loses you games, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Before we get out of here, man, uh Homefield dropped some new gear this weekend, Blake. Yeah. So if you have not used the code UPTEMPO, go over to homefieldapparel.com. Use the code all caps UPTEMPO. Get 15% off of some of that new new fly-ass gear they dropped over there. They got two good-looking shirts that they dropped this weekend. And, uh, you know, like I said before, man, Christmas is right around the corner. Go ahead and get over there. If you got some people that like Bama, Georgia, they dropped all kind of new gear this weekend. Go mm-hmm. over there and check that stuff out and uh, use the code UPTEMPO for 15% off. Help yourself out. Help us out. If you have not liked the video, please do that for us now. If you are if you're one of these hundreds of people that watch us every week and are not subscribed, I kindly ask you just to hit that subscribe button. It is free. We would appreciate that greatly. And a lot of new subscribers, Blake, have been asking me, how can we help the podcast out? You can go to the warportshop.com and get you a level up up tempo t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I got one right here. Get you one of these bad boys. They are over there on the warportshop.com. That helps us out as well. You'll look good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you want to join up for the sign up for the memberships, you got to do that on desktop. But you see the join button right there. You can do that as well. Uh, DJ Barber will be the guy that I focus on this week and I'll pull his clips from the ESPN game. He played well. Shout out to Clay Chalkfield. That was a great game Thursday night. And then, pull, then pulling out the dub over Seaborn and uh, Thomas. Oh, was it Thompsonville? Is that how you say it? Thompson. 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 Yeah, Thompson. They uh, won the state title last year. The kid's in ninth grade, just an absolute stud. That's going to be a recruitment, Blake, that uh, by the time he's a junior, that one's going to be all out. That kid going to make some money as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. He's a good one, man. And Thompson, they've been the cream of the crop. You know, they kind of took over that Birmingham area uh, from Hoover and everything, and and they've uh, their head coach was down at Spanish Fort when Spanish Fort – I was on, you know, the cream of the crop, and they were winning state championships and everything, and he went up there. He's doing the same thing up there. But Clay Chalkle, man, they've always had a really nice program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nico Collins played there a couple years ago. Shoot, that was about eight years ago now. Uh, And he's now a wide receiver for the Houston Texans, went on to Michigan and had a great career there. So Clay Chalkle produces talent. Um, They're they're a damn good school, man. So – uh, DJ Barber can't wait to, you know, sit down and talk about him and, and watch him at Auburn and, and the career that he has, man. I know that he's a special talent. It was fun watching him play Thursday night and the state of Alabama. Hey, I'm a big state of Alabama guy. If you know me, you know, I love the state. I'm always going to shout out guys from the state of Alabama and, uh, and, and throw out some love. Uh, and Riley Leonard, my, my guy at Duke. Uh, he's a hometown guy for me. Played his tail off last night and got injured on the last play of the game against mm-hmm. Notre Dame, and they come up short. Uh, you know, prayers out to him, man. Prayers to his family. Uh, and Sam Hartman going over there and waiting for him to come out of the tent, Dustin. I thought that was pretty cool, man. So, yeah, uh, yeah shout out to all those guys uh, around college football and from the state of, of Alabama, man. Keep showing out and keep getting after it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're out of here, guys. We will be back Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time for our live show. Uh, Make sure that you join us there, man, if you have not subscribed to the channel. And I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of these coaches. I'm proud of this fan base. We still got a lot of football ahead of us, and we're going to win some ball games here. I really believe that. We're headed in the right direction. War Damn Eagle. We'll catch y'all Tuesday night. War Damn, baby. Yes, sir.